Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Angie, an estimate rocket. Welcome back to another episode of the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore. I'm the founder of Elite Business Advisors and your host here for the Elite Business Advice Podcast. We're really excited today. Today is episode 100 since we started this journey back in April of 2021. Uh, We've had a full season two. We had a, a partial season in 2021 when we started, and now we are almost halfway through the year here in 2023. So today is episode 100. And why is that a big deal? Well, number one, I didn't know what to expect when we started this podcast. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, We started this podcast really for two main reasons. I think I've been transparent about this since day one. Number one, uh, we wanted it to kind of help build some credibility for our brand and our business and just get our name out there a little bit. Uh, But really, number two, the main intention was for us to have a system of resources of education for our clients, for people that we come in contact with, ways that we can continue to add value to people as business owners in the community. Those were our goals. Um, We didn't know what was going to happen with this. We didn't know that we would get clients out of it, make new friends, uh, and everything else that's came along with with the podcast. And so first and foremost, thank you guys. I I know I say that a lot on here, but seriously, we do it for you. And without the listeners, without the support from you guys, um, we wouldn't be here still, probably at episode number 100. So, We're going to do something a little bit fun today here. Um, One of our favorite shows that we've talked about a lot here on the the podcast is the infamous Ted Lasso. Uh, To the extent that in season two, I had a goal to drop a Ted Lasso reference in every single episode. And the one that I blew it on was on the episode that was all about coaching, believe it or not. The one episode all about coaching I totally didn't put a Ted Lasso reference in there. So uh, maybe we'll try that again in season four next year. Uh, But we thought it would be fun. Uh, It's kind of an ode to our last 99 episodes to uh, have a good friend of mine, Jeff Roth, on here with us. Jeff's a huge Ted Lasso fan. We talk about it at church just about every Sunday, especially now with the new season out. Um, And we want to break down the top 10 lessons. We're calling it the Lasso Leadership Lessons. Uh, that you can take away from Ted Lasso. So we want to have fun with this. Um, Whether you you watch the show, this will take you back down memory lane over the last first couple of seasons. Uh, And if you haven't watched the show, that's okay, because what we're going to talk about is going to be very relevant to you in your business as a leader, as a coach, as an entrepreneur in any organization. And so I hope this helps. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you have as much fun listening to this as we're about to recording it. This is the Elite Business Advice Podcast. Jeff? Welcome back to the show. Thanks, man. I'm honored to be here on 100 episodes. Congrats Number on that. Number 100. I appreciate that. Um, man, it's crazy. Like, I, I really, I knew it was coming up at some point, but all yeah. of a sudden, like, the other day, I was putting everything together, and I was like, holy crap, we're going to be at episode 100 here. Uh, and then I was like, well, I got to plan something big for yeah. it. So well, I think it says something, too, about what you're doing, like people listening, but also about you and, like, being able to keep anything up for 100 yeah. Times like that's that's pretty significant. I and I've been on here twice. So I'm officially two percent of your you are. your guests. You are. That this is very true. Um probably even a little bit more than that because we've had some other repeats on there. So okay. you're you're like five percent of the guests, wow. probably. So uh no, I appreciate that. It, you know, people always ask like, has it been hard? 
to put out an episode every week. And I'm like, ah, sometimes more than others, right? You know, with a lot of traveling going on and, you know, I think we've been able to do a lot more solo episodes in the office and kind of teaching episodes. So that's been helpful. But um, there's been times that it's like, oh, shoot, we got to get something recorded to get out next week, right? So we don't miss a week. So um, so I do appreciate There's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes of it. And uh, I got to give a huge shout out to the PCA here for helping us produce it and put everything together and honestly keep us accountable because I don't know without them needing our episodes <laughs> if I helps. would like yeah. I'd be like I ah, will just skip a week no big deal um but no they they keep us accountable and they've been a huge asset so cool. Jeff just mentioned he's been on here before we did an episode in season two it was episode seven we talked all about servant leadership yeah. Chick-fil-a was a big uh big reference there in that episode um Jeff is our senior pastor at Skyline Church here in O'Fallon uh, I said he's a huge Ted Lasso fan and so um, we thought it would be fun to do this. So yeah, I'm I do, looking forward to it. Man. Yeah, I do have to share. Like, it's really funny. Um, apparently, we've just become an influencer for people to watch TV shows. I don't know that that's really the intention <laughs> of our podcast. Um, we've had a lot of people like, oh, man, ever since you were talking about Ted Lasso, like we, we've had to start watching it. We love it. And then I had somebody last week was like, and actually, they, they were the third person over like a month that said this. Uh, and they were like, hey, we started watching Suits. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of Suits. I've heard of it. I've, yeah. I've not watched it. Okay. Suits, All right. Well, so. maybe you're, I'm going to influence yeah. you to watch it now. Um, it's like one of my favorites. I'd put it up there, top five shows wow. with Ted Lasso yeah. and, and The Office. And, um, you know, it's got little comedy, but just a good overall show. And and like I've had a few people like, yeah, we, we heard you like talking about Suits on your podcast. We started watching it. We love it. Uh, even to the extent one person was like, I quit watching TV five years ago, but I started watching TV again just to watch Suits. And I'm like, oh, now I don't know if I'm influencing in a good way or not. But uh, so I guess we're just a TV influencer. But um, so, Jeff, I want to go through and break down. Uh, I came up with 10 Lasso leadership lessons. And all right. at first I was like, OK, I, I like there's a couple key phrases that stick out from the show sure. that I was like, ah, oh, that'd be easy to talk about. Uh, and I was like, can we really come up with 10? Maybe we'll do five. And then actually I realized it was really hard to only pick 10. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it's such a great show. Uh, and so I just want to go through and break it down, kind of dialogue back and forth a little bit. Like, what okay. can you take away from the show? Because I think that's one thing I've loved about the show. It's entertaining. Sure. It's comical. It's got some like drama and suspense in it. Um, but it's got like some good like life lessons and different things in there to take away from it, too. Um, and so number one, this is one of my favorites. Yeah. Be curious, not judgmental. Yeah. Is that is that the best scene? Is that your favorite scene from um, Ted Lasso? Actually, no. I think number two might be one of my favorites. So, okay. So I'll come back right. to that. But, okay. Um, but, I think it's mine. I've, okay. I've, I've watched yeah. this just the scene a few times yeah. just because it's a pretty epic scene with the darts and the story yep. and yep. the twist. It's definitely in my like top two or three probably. Yeah. yeah um, it's great. And yeah, just that. Yeah, that was such a great scene. So be curious, not judgmental. Yeah. How can you take that? And I, I'm just going to even say apply that in your daily life. Sure. Not even business or leadership or right. anything just like a, that. A just, human. just being a good human being, right? <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So I, I was trying to to think about that a little bit. I mean, obviously, be curious, not judgmental. It's referenced as a Walt Whit- Whitman quote, yep. I think, uh, in, in the show. And I'm going to take Ted Lasso's word for that. Yeah, that, <laughs> not, yeah I think so. Yeah, we're going to go with it. Yeah. That. But uh, I mean, if you don't ask questions, if you're not curious, all you can do is assume and we know what happens when you say, <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah, we'll let you figure that one out. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> you have to, if you think you have all the answers, you're not curious. Uh, and so I think it becomes kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. When you think you have all the answers, you end up kind of not having any of the answers. So, yeah. Um, no, I, I like it because 
you know, how many times have you, have you maybe seen somebody met somebody, right? And you have like a preconceived notion about them or 100%. you just look at them, yeah. right? Probably like you did me the first time you met me and you're like, I don't think I'm going to like that person. For like, sure. you know, <laughs> um, but thankfully you were curious and not judgmental, right? Um, but no, you, I mean, you, you have people that you come in contact with, right? Whether it's human beings, anything, right? And, and you have a, a notion and then you get to know them and you're like, wow, I was totally wrong. Yeah. Right. Um, it's actually hilarious. I think we might've shared this on the podcast. Christina could not stand me the night she met me. Wow. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, I don't either. We were like I, in a group I, of friends. I know it's crazy, right? Like we were in like a huge group of friends and she was just like, man, that guy seems kind of arrogant. <laughs> and like, thankfully our mutual friend was like, yeah, yeah, you clearly don't know him. And she was like, yeah, I don't really care. Like yeah. <laughs> then she got to know me and you know, the rest is history, I guess. But, um, so yeah, be curious, not judgmental. Yeah. See, I, I felt like I've had that too. And maybe we have a, a similar demeanor we give off. Like I've had people say that, like some of my best friends be like, I hated you at first. Yeah. You seem like the worst. And so, uh, <laughs> you don't, you can't know somebody unless you right. get to know them. You can't know somebody that kind of a, no, makes I, no I sense. know what you mean. You can't like actually know them. <laughs> you can't know somebody unless you know them. Chris. I know. Wow. That's deep. Man, this, I'm so uh, glad But you're you can't here. know somebody unless you ask questions. Yeah. You know, it's like when you're in junior high and like you, well, back in our our day, you had to like actually call uh, on the phone and probably yeah. talk to girls' dads. Yeah. Like, can I speak to whoever? Yeah, and then, but like you don't get to know them unless you ask questions. If right. if all you do is talk, I mean, they might know about you, know that you like to talk about yourself, but you don't know anything about them. And so it's so important for us to investigate. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got stuff going on. And uh, we can make judgments and we can make assumptions, but unless we get to know them and their story, we'll yeah. never really know why they are, who they are, or yeah. what they are. Yep. Now that's great. All right. Number two, this is, this. I don't know why this one hit me. Yeah. Be a goldfish, Sam. So I'll set the scene a little bit here. Um, they were, I think, having a really terrible game or something was going on. I don't remember exactly off the top of my head. And Ted looked at one of their star players and said, be a goldfish, Sam. He said, the reason why goldfish are one of the most like intelligent creatures is because they only have a 10 second memory. Yeah. And I've loved that ever since I heard it, I guess I don't know that it's my favorite, but it's definitely in the top yeah. three along with the other one we just talked through just because I think so many things happen to us on a daily basis. Right. Yeah. I would argue some people see more negative than positive. Um, and really you just have to let it go and move on. Yeah. Right. Um, I've always loved one of the quotes. It's like, you know, life's 90% or 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think this, this quote here, um, be a goldfish just ties in perfectly with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the idea of a 10 second memory, uh, I mean, like for us, it would probably be problematic, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in some ways, what are we talking about right now? I don't know. I don't <laughs> Where know. Where am I? Right. Uh, who are you? Um, but like, yeah, we're, when we make mistakes, it's fantastic. Uh, mistakes are a good place uh, to learn, a bad place to live, yeah, right? Like learn good. from them, don't live in them. Yeah. And so we all make mistakes and, you know, people say that all the time. It's a good mistake if you learn from it. Right. Uh, which it may not feel good at the time. No, but if you can take something out of it to grow yeah, and then get it's, better. Then it's good. Yeah. But if you live in that mistake, man, if you just sit there and dwell on it and whether you're an athlete, like in the show, or a, a businessman, a woman, leader, whatever it is, if you, all you're doing is thinking about how bad you blew it, guess what? You're going to blow it again. Like it's going to happen. But what can we learn from those mistakes? Yep. No, that's good. I think one of the, my favorite, well, this wasn't a fun story at the time, but looking back on it, I love it. Um, so I grew up playing golf, as you know, yeah. and was playing in a tournament here in St. Louis and like the junior PGA and got like 
in a sand trap. I think it took me like five or six shots to get out of the sand trap. It was one of mm. those like hit it into the lip, you know, just constantly and ended up just like wrecking my whole round. Right. And my dad was telling my golf coach like the next week at my lesson and like what happened. And he looked at my dad and he said, okay, okay. What do you do on the next hole? My dad was like, we part it. <laughs> the golf coach said, that's the only thing I care about. He goes, yeah. things are going to happen like that, right? right? You're going to be in a situation. You're going to shank a drive on the last hole out of bounds. Something's going to happen, right? But how do you rebound from it? Yeah. Um, and at the time I was maybe nine or 10. So like it, it, it sunk in, but it, like it really didn't hit me until later on in life, learning a lot of this stuff and leadership mm -hmm. and stuff that like, sometimes you just got to move on and, and focus on what you can control moving forward with things. So, yeah. um, that's the big question. Like, and I have four kids and that's a question that we ask a lot, uh, is like, well, what can you do about it? Like, okay, that happened. He said that she said that you did this. What can we do about it now? And like, once you recognize and we just try to get them to that point where they realize I can't do anything about that. Right. I can change what I do in the future. I can change how I handle this person next time, but the past is it's the past. So I'll, I'll forgive, I'll forget, I'll move forward and, uh, try to be a better person for it. Absolutely. All right. Number three, the best way to inspire is to be inspired. Mm. That's a good one. That's a like that's a good one. That's a solid one. Like I I read that and like when I first read it, it was kind of like you said earlier, like when in order to get to know somebody, you got to get to know them, right? Right. Um, deep stuff. Yeah, exactly. Super deep stuff. And then like when I first read this and I was like, yeah, no, obviously. Um, but then like when I thought about it more, I was like, hmm, like you can't inspire other people if you're down in the dumps yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and Eeyore it just, doesn't inspire anybody. Right. Exactly. Right. right. If anything, he inspires people to not be like him, I guess. Right. So I guess maybe you, anyways, oh. I'm not, we're not going to go down that path. That's a theological, <laughs> um, 25 minute episode in itself. But, um, but no, I mean, I think in order to inspire people, right. Like a lot of people are like, how do I, how do I motivate my employees? How do I inspire them? How do I do this? And it's like, well, what's the attitude that you have? Right. Like, are you in a growth mindset and like pushing yourself to grow yourself in your business or, are you just complacent and you're expecting them to be self-motivated? Yeah. Yeah. Are you motivated? Are you passionate? Yeah. Do you care about your work? I mean, if right. you don't, they won't. Right. And I, I think it rubs off with people. I think when we yeah. talk about leadership, we just did the three part series with Sam all about leadership. And like, that was one thing we talked about is like, it's that law of buy-in, right? If you're passionate and you're passionate about developing yourself and growing yourself and your yeah. business and getting better and finding better ways to do things, that's going to naturally come off to your employees, mm -hmm. right? If yeah. you're not, no, you're probably going to be stuck with the same results and the same frustration and yeah. have a lot of turnover. They're going to pick up on what you care about. Like if you, if you care about the business and yeah. you care about your product and you care about the people, they're going to pick up on that. If you're just caring about money, like they're going to pick up on that too. And they'd be like, okay, the most important thing for the boss is, is money. So we're just going to do that. Yeah. Um, so you, you got to be real with people. You got to get a share what your heart's at. Um, I, I don't want to be like, I wrote this. I wasn't trying to be lasso. -esque, no, okay? I like it. I'm no, not, let's go. I'm not Ted. No, it's fine. But, but I want to share something with you. Please right? do. Please do. I love it. <laughs> all right. Hey, inspiration is like the common cold, right? <laughs> you, you hang around enough with somebody who has it. You're probably going to catch it. All right. It's so true. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it is, man. Nobody gets inspired from somebody who's down in the dumps. But I mean, not that everybody gets inspired from somebody that's inspirational because there's some people that, fight against that and you don't want that but the people you want working for you doing life with you uh, all those things 
Like they're going to pick up on that and they're going to join you in that. So I love it. I love it. There were so many Tedisms that I had to leave out of here because it was actually more confusing than helpful. So, um, all right. Number four, the happiest people don't have the best of everything. They make the best of everything. Yeah. That was another deep one. I love it. And, uh, when, when I heard that, like my mind was instantly drawn back when I was, uh, 15, I went to Honduras and we went on a mission trip and we were there uh, at an orphanage and there's this real poor village next door to the orphanage. And there was these kids playing in a field and they were playing with a, uh, like a ball of trash. Yeah. But it was, it was just like different things bound up and they had like maybe put some uh, dirt or glue or something on it to make it. And it was like, didn't bounce good, didn't roll well, but they were playing soccer with it. And they were just having the time of their life. And we were just watching them and seeing how much fun they were having. And even though they were like four years old, they were like way better at soccer than I was already. (laughs) Um, But just watching them and it just like my, my world got rocked at that point as, you know, this, this kid from uh, Michigan who, you know, I, I, Came from a middle-class home, and then I'm here looking at these kids. You know, I complain all the time about what I don't have and looking at these kids, and they've got, you know, they're kicking trash around, having the time of their life, and I'm like, wow. You know, it puts it in perspective. It does. I was just going to say perception is reality, right? Like the lens that you look through is how you're going to view everything. Yeah. You know, I think when you look for positive things, you're going to find positive things, and you look for negative things, you're going to find more negative things, right? So – um, no, I, I agree with that. I think the people, the people that I always see, I don't know if the happiest is the right word or the most successful or whatever you want to put there. Right. Yeah. Um, are the people that just, they make the most of everything. Yeah. Right. No matter what it is, you know, I'll never forget. And obviously, you know, Rocky and Twyla really well. Twyla was on our show, not too far before you were last year. Um, and you know, we were in Vegas and we had a super late flight back. Like we left Vegas, like eight o'clock Vegas time. So mm-hmm. I think we landed here in St. Louis at like 1 AM Yeah, and we still made it to church the next morning. Um, we were exhausted, but, <laughs> but like, it was one of those days where like you had to check out of the hotel at 10 and check your luggage and like go spend the day, whatever. And you know, it wasn't like an ideal travel situation, I guess. Right. And I'll never forget. I told Christine, I was like, and no slight to any of my other friends listening to this, but I was like, if, if I was ever going to have a travel day like that, like I want it to be with them because they always just make the most of everything, yeah. right? Like no matter what, we're going to have fun. It's going to be a great day. Is it going to suck a little bit? Yeah. But like, guess what? We're all going to make the most of it, right? Yeah. And like that, those are the people you want to surround yourself with in life, you yeah. know, that are going to make the most of every situation. Definitely. And not complain about every little detail. Yeah. It's just like understanding, like in that, in that situation you're in, it's like understanding okay, this is how it's going to be. It's not going to be ideal. So, so let's just, we can complain about it and be negative and see negative and everything else. Or, or we can say, all right, we're going to embrace that. Yeah. That's what it is. And we're going to make yeah. the best. Hey, we have it. a whole extra day to spend in Vegas going and doing yeah. stuff. Um, so I think it was the day we did the, uh, the boat rides, the gondola rides. To yeah. The nation. That was fun. Cool. So, um, all right. Number five, a good leader, this piggybacks back to our last episode, a good leader must be a good servant first. Yeah. Uh, if you guys want a, di- a deep dive on this, go back to uh, season our episode. two, episode seven. Oh, look at that. <laughs> I had to look it up. It's oh. fine. <laughs> you don't have all- I write it down in our, in our outline oh, okay. here. So yeah, um, that's where it is. Yeah. I'm not that smart, Jeff. Yeah, man. That's like, uh, I mean, I love that principle and I love that it's embraced by people like inside and outside of the church. I just feel like it's, you know, I, I as a pastor, as a church leader, that's kind of 
easy for us, but that's the way of Jesus. That's right. how he led. He was a servant leader. He said, I came to serve, not to be served. And if right. anybody should have been just served, it's obviously the son of God. But he uh, did not, and he led that way, and he he taught his, his disciples to lead that way. Yeah. And so I think we should also live and lead that way. Yeah. But I think it's awesome that there's uh, wisdom that's found in it, even by people outside of the church, that that's Agreed. the way to lead. That's the best way to lead. Well, and I think it's one of those things, too. I mean, you know, leaders that prioritize the needs of their team over their own yeah, and the needs of sometimes even consumers over their own. Sure. Right. Uh, there's a difference between like clients taking advantage of you and servant leadership. Right. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a fine line there with that, but like being able to put others first mm -hmm. before yourself and my opinion always ends up serving yourself in the long run better. Yeah. Like anybody I've seen that's like, me, 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 I, I, I never makes it as far as people that are like about we and the team and serving others. Yeah. Right. They might be for a short period of time, but it's kind of like a bottle rocket, right? It goes up and then it goes right back down. Right. Um, so I, I definitely think servant leadership in every way, like I said, your employees, your team, your customers, your, the people you serve in your organization, yeah. whatever it is that you do. Um, if you can be a good servant to them, yeah. Like that's going to benefit you in the long yeah. run. Yeah. Who do you want to follow? Right. I mean, like you want to follow somebody who cares about you. And I think when you're leading with servanthood, with that servant mindset, like that's, that to me says, this person cares about me. They, they don't just care about accomplishing their goals. They care about me too and helping me accomplish mine and right. helping me become a better employee, a better person, maybe even a future leader, whatever it may be. So yeah, it says a lot about them. No, it definitely does. And uh, I'm going to say this and I'm going to jump right into the next point. Like not every pastor I know would be willing to go help people move. So <laughs> just saying, just saying, I'm not saying, nah, I'm going to say, yeah, it was you. So, um, Number six, leadership is about understanding what the team needs and then figuring out how to give it to them. Kind of ties a little bit into the last one, right? Right About servant yep. leadership. Uh, but I think for me, whenever I heard this in the show, like it kind of just clicked, right? Like every team is going to have a different dynamic. Every team is going to have different needs, different wants. What are they looking to get out of the organization or the business or whatever, you know, it is there. Um, and it kind of ties into how do you serve them to give that to them, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, um, this one is kind of, I think an overarching theme for the whole show. It really is. And that like, I mean, Ted, if you haven't seen the show, I mean, Ted Lasso is an American football <laughs> coach. American football. Like, um, yeah, yeah. Legit American football. Like, you know, the pigskin yeah. and he goes over to, to Europe and he's coaching, a non-American football team. Yeah, right? yeah soccer, what yeah. we call it. Yeah, yeah, soccer here in the old. So, like, he, he like, as far as plays and yeah. knowing the game, like, it's kind of a, almost a joke. Like, he's learning yeah. it as he goes. But, like, the show is about how he manages the locker room, yeah. really. And that's yeah. what makes him the leader, the coach, yeah. the inspirational person. Well, and I think you can tie that into, like, business in the sense of, you know, he brings Coach Beard with him, yeah. right? And Coach Beard is the one that has all the technical know-how, formations, mm -hmm. plays, like all the different stuff that goes into the actual game, right? Like yeah. the tactical skill of coaching yeah. a soccer team. Yep. Um, I'm just going to say soccer to avoid confusion here. Um, <laughs> it would apply for American football too. But he he brings Coach Beard. Like he is smart enough to know 
hey, I am not smart enough yeah. to lead the team in that capacity. Right. But my benefit is actually here. Yeah, I can develop the culture. I can lead the people. I can make the connection with the players. I can lead our organization to victory, not through strategy, but through this and mm-hmm. the law of buy-in, right? And then I'm going to hire this person mm-hmm. to do the stuff that I don't know and understand yeah. to supplement myself, right? Yeah. He surrounds himself. Exactly. He's with smart the enough. Right people. Yeah. Which is which is the great part. He's the people person. Yeah. Like he, like you said, builds a culture, knows the people, cares. And like he knows when something's got to change yep. or when something's up. He sees that. And I was thinking about like as far as coaching goes, like you can you can know the plays and you can have the X's and O's, but if you've got a dysfunctional, down and distracted team, like it's not gonna be successful. Right. And it's the same thing like in the business world or any leadership in the leadership world period, like you can have all the ideas and the business plans, but if the people that are working for you, your team are dysfunctional down and distracted, sorry, get emotional about that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Then you're not going to have success. Yeah. Uh, So you have to build people. Uh, I was thinking, I was talking, and I'd like to hear your feedback on this. If you got a second. Absolutely. Um, I was talking with somebody, friend of mine, he, he manages a, uh, a serve pro over uh, near us. And, and I was talking to him and we, he was helping me move a couch and uh, we picked up this couch and this person was talking trash about the serve pro over there and, and their location. Yeah. And and I was talking to him about that on the way home. And he was like, yeah, it's like, you know, we're a franchise. And so like different serve pros, different managers, different people. And so like, I'm not really offended by that because that's not how we run our, our business. And, right. and I know that. And so I was thinking, you know, like, you know, you can go to McDonald's here, you can go to McDonald's there, you know, our hometown, your hometown, yep. and you can, same food, you know, same business principles, Yeah. but you're going to have different leadership and that makes all the difference. And so we can have all the right stuff, yeah. but if you got bad leadership, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, man. Yep. And so it's the leaders have to know what their people need, how to give it to them, how to care for them, how to inspire them, yeah. all these things that we've talked about. So Yeah, no, that's good. Well, I think that's one of the tough things about franchises too is like there's again the business model and systems are similar right Right. but the execution and the customer service of that can be night and day difference right there's a lot of franchises that are very systematic i mean think chick-fil-a and i don't know i think their owner operator model more than franchise either way whatever it is like consistency Mm -hmm. right because the leadership of the organization trickles down into the leadership in the field if you will yeah right um as we would say in the the painting industry then there's other franchises that are franchises but the leadership lacks somewhere between the top and and at the field and that's when you get various experiences right so i see that a lot just working in the home service industry and stuff it's like there's great examples of it and there's not as great examples of it in the business community so um, and I'm not saying Sir Pro has bad leadership, but just, you know, sometimes there can be a disconnect with it because they don't sure. have control. Yeah. Yeah. So um, number seven, good leadership is about showing vulnerability and admitting when you don't know something. So this kind of ties into the last one a little bit. Yeah. Um, we're just going to build off this, I guess. Yeah. Um, no, you, I think you did an expert job planning. I did. I did. You know, I, I did, re- you know. I spent like an hour on this. Um, I had to rewatch like seasons one and two. It was such a shame. Because <laughs> um, I didn't want to include anything in season three for those that maybe haven't watched it yet. I wanted to yeah. be respectful for that and not so ruin you, anything. You tell Christina, baby, this is work. Yeah, I have I'm, to watch working. Ted I'm working. I'm working. I'm working. Nonstop. She didn't complain about it either. So uh, we rewatched some of it in preparation for season three. Um, <clears throat> good leadership is about showing vulnerability. 
I think this is important for authentic leadership to understand, as we just talked about, right? Ted doesn't know strategy. Don't fake it. He doesn't pretend. Just own it and move on and know what you're good at, right? So... Yeah, I think in all his interviews and like in, in the show, they have, you know, pressers with the, the journalists yeah. and stuff. And like he never pretends to be something he's not. And I think that's that's key. Like I I can talk for myself personally. Like I'm I'm not like a leadership guru or something. I like leadership and I like, you know, learning about leadership. But I know personally for myself, like I it's a huge turnoff in leadership for me when somebody's per, like maybe they do know a lot but they're acting like they know everything. Like nobody it's knows not relatable. everything. Yeah. No, you know? it's not. Like that's what I always say. Like we were just, yeah. the last episode we were talking about like social media and videos and stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, Je- Jeff and I were talking other Jeff. Um, and you know, we were talking about it. And I'm like, if your video is like perfect, cause you recorded it 17 times, mm-hmm. it's a little less relatable. Yeah. Then when you do it in one shot, eh, maybe a couple little hiccups, you kind of stuttered a little bit here. You said, um, a few times, like people relate to that. Yeah. Right. People don't always relate to perfection, right. you know? So, um, I, yeah, go there, ahead. there was a, a quote, Greg Rochelle, yeah. he does a leadership podcast as well. Uh, it's not as great as this. Nah, it's, it's like second best, but, <laughs> but, uh, he says something, I think he says it on every show, but he says, uh, people would rather follow a leader who's always real rather than a leader who's always right. Yep. Uh, you can't always be right. No. Like none of us can always be right, yeah. but we can always be real. We can yeah. always be ourselves. Exactly. Be authentic. And I know for me, that's something that I wanted to try my very best to do because I know I have lots of lapses in the being always right thing, but at least I can be myself and uh, try to do that. Yeah. No, I, I like that a lot. Real over right all the time. Number eight. It's not about the elimination of bullies and bad guys and cynicism and ego and apathy. It's about how you respond to those things. Like, there's so much we could talk about on that. Yeah, Um, right. For me, I go back to season one. Ted comes in, right? We talk about American, American football doesn't know anything the town clearly knows this like they know his history and they know they they know soccer yeah and they have no clue why they've hired this this guy yeah um and they may or may not have just called him a wanker which i'm not going to say what that means in in (laughs) english i wrote down i was going to ask you i was like what's yeah yeah it um (laughs) let's just say that i feel okay saying it on the show but if you go to england it's basically a cuss word right um that's that's the easiest way to say it um and what does ted do he just lets it roll off his back. Yeah. And literally on his face, he'll be walking back to his apartment after the after a match where they just lost or something and people are, you know, screaming at him and cussing at him yeah. basically. And he's like, yeah, all right, well, let's see what happens next week. Yeah. Like, how hard is that? No, his ability to... In the in obviously, this is a show. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's... But his ability, though, to allow people to just give them their give him their worst and then like just continue walking just keep looking toward the future just it's like almost he sees the bigger picture like he sees that you know what this game was a game right but there's more to it there's right. next we're week. making progress as yes. an organization yeah he's got he's got the idea in his mind of, of what's happening what's going to happen and yeah. he's not letting everybody else who's being a little more short-sighted tear him down and yeah. keep him from that so which that's a hard thing i mean that's oh, a hard yeah. thing i mean you think about it right you get criticism yeah i mean i know that never happens in social media or anything right. but like you know people 
We haven't got too much criticism about the podcast, actually. So maybe we're not being edgy enough. I don't know. I'll create a burner. Yeah, that'd be great. I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I mean, I think just letting that roll off your back and like you said, stay focused on the mission at hand. Like that's that's a really tough thing. But I think it's something we have to do in business because you're going to get criticism. You're going to get a bad Google review. You're going to get that negative customer that just rips you apart. And again, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. It's how you respond to it, right? Like I've seen some business owners that it really just like rattles them. And I'm like, okay, how many customers have you worked with in the last two years? I'm like, ah, like 200. Okay, how many of them have been negative like this? I'm like, well, this is the first. Huh. So small sample size, right? Now, if it's 10, 20% of the time, like maybe you need to adjust some stuff, right? If it's happening frequently, like maybe there's a bigger issue at hand that's causing this. Yeah. But like you can't do anything about people. Right. People are going to be people and you got to just roll with it and stay focused on what you know you're yeah. good at. So. Some people are going to be wankers. wankers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, number nine. I love I love this quote. Success is not about the destination. It's about the journey. Mm-hmm. And I think that is such a hard thing for entrepreneurs. Yeah. To, to wrestle with. Yeah. Right. Because their mind is on success, the vision, like we just talked about. And the journey is going to be a roller coaster and like a switchback up a mountain. Yeah. Right. Um, but the journey to get there, when you reach success, whatever that is, I put that in air quotes, you look back on it and you realize the journey you had to go on to get there. Yeah. And I think if more people enjoyed the journey and enjoyed the struggle at times, which I know sounds really weird, I think they would be happier in the process and not just when they get to that point. Right. Well, we can't. I think if we elevate success yeah. or whatever it is that's our our goal, and we say this is what it's about, yeah, we're not we're we're almost residing within ourselves that we're not going to be content or happy until we reach that. Yep. And I think that we can find contentment, like you said, in the yeah. journey and doing what needs to be done, knowing that it's bringing us closer to that. But like, if we think that the only time that we're going to be able to find happiness is when we get there, then why would we live? <laughs> our life yeah. for the majority of time unhappy just trying to, to go you know what i mean yeah. trying to get to some place that maybe we'll get there yeah. and I, th- I think there's a lot of people who get there and they're like oh it's yeah it wasn't all that I, it was cracked up to be yeah i say this this is like a i know this isn't a spiritual podcast but i no, say this a lot at yeah, funerals no. i say like at funerals I'll, I'll be preaching i'll say like look god god is I would I would argue he's as much interested in doing life with you now as he is spending eternity with you. And a lot of times we just focus on eternity. That's right. the goal. And like I, I want to know Jesus so I can get to heaven and those types of things. But like God is interested in doing life with you now. Right. Like he's interested with with helping you, guiding you, giving you peace, you know, along on the journey yeah. now. And so I think it's important. And I think that plays out into every oh, for aspect sure. of life. But the it journey does. is something. No, I'm glad you brought that up. Like I had a mentor, um, you know, for years, he still is a mentor to me. Um, you know, he was helped kind of mold us through the student painters years, right? He owned the, this portion of the student painters region and, um, and he, his email signature was enjoy the journey. Every email that went out to any of us at any point, the seven years that I was employed there, enjoy the journey. Right. And that was just that reminder of like, there's going to be days that it sucks. But if you enjoy the journey, you embrace it, it's going to make it that much sweeter and you're going to be happier in the process, right? Like we need to be reminded about that on a daily basis. So um, number 10, leadership is about being firm where you need to be, but also showing empathy and understanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think 
I, I thought when I read that, knowing your non-negotiables. Yep. You know, you know, know what what is truth, what can't change. You know, if you're leading a business, you just you know these are these are this is what I have to be firm on. Yeah. This is what I don't budge on. Yep. Um, but when there's opportunities, and there is, and any any time you're leading people, there's opportunities to compromise. There's opportunities to come to the middle a little bit, and I think that's important because that lets have people have buy-in. It's not just hey, I'm not just working for Chris here. Right. But like. I'm partners with Chris. Like yep. Chris is my boss, but I'm I'm partners with him. He's yeah. allowing me to speak into the business or whatever it is. And so I think that finding ways that you can bring people in, it shows that it shows that you're a person that cares for them, not yeah. just about your your bottom line. Yeah. No, I think that's good. I think I think leadership is a fine balance there between again, empath empathy, mm-hmm. understanding, caring about your employees, right? But also knowing like when you need to lead and kind of maybe be a boss. Like I don't, um, I don't love the boss employee, like titles, you know, relationship, right? Because I think it is a team. Like you, you win together as a team, you lose together as a team. Everybody has their roles on that team, right? Um, Similar to soccer and Ted Lasso, right? The striker's role is different from the defender's role, but at the end of the day, they win or lose together, right? right? Like that's how it should be in business. But you also need to know when you need to be assertive and hold the line on people, right? And I think that's a conversation we have a lot is, you know, I knew whenever I had my painters, like I knew what battles were worth fighting and what ones weren't, right? Like I didn't really care how long of a lunch break they took if it was 30 minutes or 45 minutes because they weren't getting paid for it. And as long as they communicated with the homeowner, the homeowner, they weren't gone for two hours or something, you know, insane. I'm like, I don't really care if you're gone, just communicate with the homeowner and do what you need to do. If you need to run by the bank at lunch, do it. Like, I'm not saying you have 30 minutes and you got to be back here by minute 31. Like, that's just not worth it to me. Right. Um, And so I think, yeah, exactly. We'd fight nonstop. Right. But like, I want to make sure the quality of your work's good. You're polite to our customers. Like you show up, you're reliable. Like, that's what I care about. Not how long of a lunch break do you take? Do you have to take a quick phone call? Like, okay, go do what you got to do. Right. So, but then there's knowing when to hold the line on people when they start to get too far outside of those boundaries. And because, because if you're always like, if if there's no non-negotiables, if you negotiate on everything, I I found this out with my kids. Like if you ask them what they want, all it's all just, what do you want? How can I make you happy? Well, You'll, they'll never make them happy. Yeah. They'll all keep changing their mind. And my yeah. daughter, she's two. She says this all the time. And she says, mm, no, I changed my mind. But I opened the banana. You know, yeah. you want a banana for breakfast. Mm, I changed my mind. I don't want a banana. Yeah. Like, I already opened it. What are you doing? Right. And I think with your customers also, yeah. uh, customers or people you're serving, I should say, um, it shows them that you care, concern for them because there's going to be things that come up in, in their lives where yeah. it might require you uh, to have some empathy or understanding yeah. for them. And, and I think that goes a long way with your customers. For Probably sure. get you a few more than five-star reviews. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Um, I love this. We've turned this into like all different kinds of parenting conversations, uh, Christian conversations, leadership. I mean, that's, that's why I had you on here for this. Um, I want to throw a bonus one in here because we did, we got through our 10. Um, but this was like the 11th one that I couldn't figure out which one to cancel. So I was like, oh, I'll just do a bonus one. That's fun. Okay. Um, cause saying 11 just doesn't sound right. Right. So we're doing 10 plus one. Um, <laughs> that's just way better. I believe in hope. I believe in believe. This is like yeah. a true Tedism right here. Yeah. Um, but man, you got to believe in yourself. Yeah. And you got to believe in each other. You got to believe in the team. And if you don't, that's a problem. Yeah. I, uh, Ted Lasso, would have been a one episode show yeah. if he didn't believe in himself. Like yeah. that's the idea. Like even, I mean, he's, and I think you, you see, as you watch the show that, you know, he's, he's got struggles too, yeah. but 
he believes he can do something there. He wouldn't have moved to another country. He wouldn't have picked coach the sport he, he doesn't <laughs> know anything know, about right uh unless he believed and, and had some element of hope and i believe you know belief and hope or you know and things are so critical and important for us it makes life worth living it makes the struggles survivable um it makes being called names on the street <laughs> yeah. uh, a little more um Tolerable. Easy to, tolerable. Yeah. 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 Not, not, not a pleasure, but no. tolerable. Yeah. If you know, I can turn this around. We can change things. Things are going to get better. I've got a plan. We're going to stick to it. Uh, his optimism is, his optimism is the show. It is. In many ways. It really is. That's yeah. what I love about it. So, well, Jeff, I appreciate you coming to celebrate our hundredth episode. Yeah, I man. appreciate you diving into this. I knew you'd be a perfect person because <laughs> we were—I knew we were going to hit on it from all these different angles and and life yeah. and business and church and family and all these different things. Um, again, it's uh, it's been one of my favorite shows to watch for so many reasons. And like I said, it's sure. it's heartwarming. There's nuggets to take away from it. There's deep nuggets. That was yeah. what was fun to like rewatch this with this intentionality. Yeah. It was like there was a lot more deeper nuggets than what I'd ever even pulled out of the show sure, before. Man. Right. Uh, and this is probably the third time we've rewatched it third or four times. So um, And now knowing that this is the last season. I know. I know I'm it's like watching, sad. trying to like figure out how are they gonna put a put a bow on I this. Je Jeff and I have our theory, but we're not gonna share that because yeah, you know, I don't want to I don't want to ruin it. And I see <laughs> I just don't want to put it out there in public in case we're wrong. So oh, but what um, if we're right though? Oh, we're that's right? true. That's true. Well <laughs> we need to write it down in like time, like post market. Yes. That way we can say, we'll, like, well we did it. call this, yeah. but you know, it's good. So no, thanks for coming on here. Cool. I appreciate the support of the show. Absolutely. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.